0: Packed show today, Justin Trudeau going after farmers and their farmland, new FBI whistleblowers coming out on the Hunter Biden laptop. But first, I want to make sure you guys know that the new Charlie Kirk book is out. It is College Scam. Go to college You can get access to your book, how America's universities are bankrupting and brainwashing away the future of America's youth. And by the way, all proceeds go to tpusa itself so collegescam.com. now personally charlie had already given me a copy of the book but of course baby aj decided to go and throw it out of the stroller when we weren't looking so now i gotta go to all the way over collegegam.com. maybe charlie i don't know maybe send me one you know because i'm doing the show you know i, I don't know look i'll go It. you know what charlie the money's going to a great place let's do it let's make this something that's a team effort tpusa.com and collegegam.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Today is July 26, 2022. Anno Domini. Today's headlines, Justin Trudeau to introduce regulated fertilizer reductions in Canada. That's right. They're coming for the farmers. They always come for the farmers. Next, Senator Grassley alleging some in the FBI, and he's got whistleblowers, downplayed negative information about Hunter Biden. Big surprise there. Third, a disinformation board has it been revived? Former Google disinformation expert has been given a top White House cyber role. And finally, President Biden moving to give illegal immigrants federal IDs and government benefits. All this and more, Head, Human Events Daily. Canada is one of the top three uh, oil and gas producing countries in the world. But if we can demonstrate, as we are, that we can go greener, faster than many other countries. We're one of the few countries that actually brought in a price on pollution right across the country and that had two elections where that uh, price on pollution was upheld. That's a clear indication that Canadians understand that it's not just important for the air, for the water, for future generations. It's important for our bottom line. Well, they're coming for the farmers. They always come for the farmers. They seem to think that every time that you get one of these revolutionary ideologies in control of a sufficient amount of government, whether it be in the Soviet Union, whether it be in communist China, now we're seeing in Canada, they always see seem to think that they know what's best for the farmers. And so they are coming for the farmland. In the Soviet Union, these were called the kulaks, these were the peasants that had just gained a little bit too much money. They had gained a little bit too much power. And so they had to be brought down for the benefit, of course, for the other peasants. And the government would then come in and be able to take care of things. So you would have more time to be able to go out and live your lives and, you know, have, uh, you know, your, your, your glorious pursuits, finding yourself otherwise. No, no. Listen to the farmers. If you want to eat, you need to thank a farmer. No farmers, no food. No farmers, no food. I always say this, by the way, to the libs when they get on about the electoral college and they say, oh, the Midwest of this country, that flyover land, all that stuff in the middle, right? Remember Wanda Sykes said that, that stuff in the middle. Yeah, that stuff is where your food comes from. Those people are the ones who make your food. Don't make enemies of the people who make, and by the way, also prepare your food. Don't do that. Not just like a life hack right there. Don't make enemies of the people who have anything to do with the process of bringing your food from that farm to your mouth. But here we go. Justin Trudeau hasn't seemed to quite figure that out. Justin Trudeau is seeking to implement new policies in, in Canada. I almost said China. That's my Freudian sleep because it sounds like something that you would hear from China. And what is he calling it? Regulated Fertilizer Reductions. In 2020, the Liberals announced that their goal was to reduce emissions from fertilizer, a major producer of nitrous oxide, by 50% over the next eight years. Fertilizer Canada, and we have the story from the post-millennial, slammed the government's short-sighted approach, arguing that reducing nitrogen fertilizer will have a considerable impact on Canadian farmers' incomes and reduce overall Canadian exports and GDP. In a report compiled by Myers Norris Penny (MNP), they suggest that regulated fertilizer reduction could cost Canadian farmers forty-eight billion dollars by 2030 and reduce crop sizes. By this time, yield gaps, according to the report, yield gaps for the three major crops are estimated at 23.6 bushels per acre per year for canola, 67.9 bushels per acre per year per, for corn, and 36.1 bushels per acre per year for spring wheat. Just understand. Fertilizer is typically the most expensive cost for farmers, and they tend to only use as much as needed. Talk to anyone who works in farming. That is a very marginal business. Your profit margins are so thin there. They are so, th- that's why so many people are getting out of farming. The kids, when they grow up, they, you know, so many people again and again, they're seeing this, they say, I don't want to go into farming. I don't want to follow the family business. I want to go off to the city. I want to get a good job in tech. You know, I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. every day and go work. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that we as a society and we as countries should be promoting and doing everything we can to help, everything we can to directly help farmers, especially family farms. But you look at what they're doing in Canada, and they do the same thing in the Netherlands, and you're seeing it happen all across the world right now. They're going for the farmers. The next thing to come down, by the way, is pesticides. They are trying to. They are looking to ban Roundup. They're looking to ban, so, and this is coming directly, by the way, from the World Health Organization, directly from the World Economic Forum uh, Foundation. And why? It's simple. It's called The Great Reset. They don't want you eating real food anymore. They certainly don't want you eating real meat anymore. They want you eating Bill Gates' fake meat. They want you eating bugs. They want you living in pods. They want you to be little insectoid people going from your ant colony serving the queen. That's what they want. And they don't want you worrying about any of that crazy stuff that we used to have, that we used to call the real world and real life. Well, I don't want to live like that. And I don't think you do either. I'm not going to mince words. Recently, we've had some incredible victories at the Supreme Court. You know, in fact, I call it the Thomas Court now. I don't even call it the Roberts Court. But it is important to mention that these wins did not happen on their own. It took the support of patriots and companies like Patriot Mobile, who passionately fight on behalf of the unborn and our constitutional rights. And Patriot Mobile, by the way, is America's only conservative. Christian mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. That is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. And thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget. And they offer the same great nationwide coverage as the major carriers, same towers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Where do you go? PatriotMobile.com POSO. It's in the description. Use the offer code POSO to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Join the movement. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Link in the description. And so, let me speak to you directly, Hunter. I asked the FBI where your laptop was, and it seems they've misplaced it. How weird. But it just turns out that I have a copy right here. I entered it in the congressional record. We have your texts. We have your emails. We have the payments from Burisma. We have your travel records. We even know the Chinese communists who own you. You and the big guy have never lived one day under real Republican oversight. So these. Well, we've got another shocking story about Hunter Biden's laptop, but this one Fortunately, it does not include any pictures of a scantily clad or not clad at all. Hunter Biden. What it includes is the fact that FBI whistleblowers, multiple whistleblowers have now come forward. We've seen this happen before, and they've come to Senator Grassley's office in the Senate. And what are they saying? They are saying that during 2020, when the laptop was originally handed over from remember Johnny McIsaac, he was the Delaware repair shop owner turns the laptop over to who? The FBI. Not Rudy Giuliani, not Steve Bannon, not Charlie Kirk and Jack Posobiec, not Raheem Kassam. No, he turns it over to the FBI because he thinks he's doing his patriotic duty. The problem is he doesn't hear anything about it. And he waits and he waits and he waits and nothing seems to happen. At that point, he turns it over to the political side to see if he can get anything going with this, because he knows what he has. And he knows the contents of this thing are damning, not only for the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, uh, but just politics in you in the United States in general. Here's the thing. According to these new whistleblowers in a letter that Grassley just wrote to Christopher Wray, who's the head of the FBI. Here's what he said. The allegations provided to my office appear to indicate that there was a scheme in place among certain FBI officials to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting that it was disinformation. In October 2020, one month before the election, an avenue of derogatory Hunter Biden reporting was ordered closed by a senior FBI agent at the Bureau's Washington Field Office. An earlier letter from Grassley had identified the agent as Timothy Thibault. This means, right, let's cut it all out. We understand what was going on here. There were people, there was a circle of people inside the FBI at the highest ranks who decided that they were going to protect Hunter Biden. And by the way, I saw this day after day When I was in the intelligence community, not just from Hunter Biden's perspective, but from any perspective, if something came up that didn't fit with whatever the party line was on something, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, whether it be Iran, whether it be ISIS, they would immediately turn around and say, oh, that's disinformation. It was a catch all term that they used to shut down inquiry, but more importantly, shut down thought and shut down action inside these organizations. There's nothing in here that's disinformation. I've been through that laptop more ways than I ever would hope to count. I've never been able to verify that anything in there couldn't come out and say, okay, and, and this is what we do in the Intel community, right? You get information and you say, all right, that's information It came from a certain source. Here, was that, here is that source. Here's that source's background. Here's that source's what we call p and placement and access. Could they have access to this information? Why did they have that kind of placement? Put that in. But then you go and do the work of corroborating. You go and find out, are there other data points out there from separate sources, whether that be from communications intelligence, whether that be from imagery intelligence, whatever it is that can go out and prove, right, give you more granular understanding that this information is, in fact, credible and verified. That's the process of verification. That's how you take raw intel and turn it into a finished product. But they didn't do that here. They said, yep, looks like disinfo to me. Probably those pesky Russians at it again. We're just going to slap the big old disinformation bullet on it and make it go away. It's called filing something in the round file. It's called the trash can. This is exactly what happened in 1984. Winston Smith's job was to throw news articles that were not politically correct down a certain chute where they were incinerated. What was that chute called? The memory hole. Have you heard about the three-week rule? I think we really need to talk about the three-week rule. The three-week rule, it might be the best financial advice ever. What is the three-week rule? You wait three weeks to buy a new car three weeks to refi your home mortgage, and wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Now, why three weeks, you ask? Because three weeks is how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score an average of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on everything you finance. ScoreMaster technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you thought Possible. ScoreMaster is so easy; it takes about a minute to get started, and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. How many points can you add to your credit score? Be sure to visit ScoreMaster.com/poso. You've got a special—it's a seven-day trial. So there's a seven-day trial. ScoreMaster.com/poso. We're gonna put the link in the description. What does it do? It will help you boost your credit score. And by the way, the average sixty-one points. That means you might even get higher. See if you can get higher. See if you can beat the average sixty-one points. It's ScoreMaster.com/poso. Link in the description. You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation, Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jussie Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist. And they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN, per- in particular, seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence, or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. Well, we said bye, Nina, last week to Yeni Yankovic. And I do hope, Nina, that you're able to use your time out of government productively. You know, go have a margarita. Take a a kickboxing class, for example. If you have feelings, I need you to feel those feelings and just, just have them and hold them and hold those emotions. But I also told you last week that even though the Disinformation Governance Board was taken down by the efforts of Human Events Daily, taken down by the efforts of this program, and we were credited by both the Washington Post and the New York Times as having been the ones to get that ball rolling. I told you that they're going to try to resurrect this thing, they're going to slap a different name on it, and they are going to use government to be able to conduct these same behaviors. And so we've got another one, folks. And the great Alan Bakari over at Breitbart has done some of the work on this. The White House's Office of National Cyber Director has a new Deputy National Security Director, Camille Stewart Gloucester, a former Google executive who specialized in, here we go, removing disinformation from the tech giant's app store. And in her spare time, what does she do? She rants about systemic racism in America. Now, Josh Hawley, Senator Hawley from Missouri, accused the Biden administration of appointing a leftist social justice warrior to run this cyber office. It is an alliance between big tech and big government. That's a cute play on words. I like it. I like it. It's cute, but I'm going to allow it a little bit cutesy, a little bit cutesy, but that's OK. This is a prime example of the extensively documented revolving door between Google and Democrat administrations. Before she goes there, she was the senior policy advisor for cyber infrastructure and resilience policy at the Department of Homeland Security under who? President Barack Obama. We see this again and again. And these words like disinformation and misinformation, they're made up. As we just saw in the last segment, who makes these determinations? What is the work done to actually point out whether something is disinformation or misinformation. There isn't any. It's their personal opinions. You get these millennials in there and they decide that it's their opinion. If they don't like something or if they make them, what do they say? What do the kids say? Well, it makes me feel a certain way, certain kind of way. Yeah, if you're feeling a certain kind of way about something, I'm going to go ahead and slap disinformation on that. And then I'm going to ban it from the App Store. And now, in her position as the national cyber director, they will be able to work directly with her old employer at Google and now spread that out across the entire country. Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, which is under Google anyway. This, by the way, is why separate platforms like Rumble and Getter are so important. They are so important for us to use these things, for us to be on them, for us to uh, build them up, for us to share them with our family and friends. So when I tell you, like at the end of the um, the episodes, I always say, share this out with one of your normie friends. Also share the fact that Rumble exists. Share the fact that Getter exists, the truth, whatever. But understand, those other platforms will be used to censor upcoming elections. They already did it once. What makes you think they won't do it again? If another hard drive comes down, another laptop comes down, we know what they'll do. They've proven it from the start they've proven who they are and when someone proves you who they are believe them these national cyber disinformation directors they're not hiding anymore it's in your face you need to understand what point in the movie we're in and you need to understand that these people will not stop until they have total control the uh, Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up um, and groups are getting overwhelmed by these buses that the governors of Texas and, and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. How significant is this influx? How many people? Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America. So I remember when I was younger, we didn't have the organization called ICE. We had an organization called INS, Immigration and National Asian Services. And what did they do? Their job was to catch illegal immigrants and to send them back. That was it. That's what they did. Um, Cubans, right? Cubans coming across, obviously from Cuba, was a huge issue throughout the '90s. We had this wet foot, dry foot policy. Ilian Gonzalez, of course, that whole controversy was caught up in there. But the idea was that if you were fleeing from Cuba and you were one of these migrants, by the way, a lot of them were kept at Guantanamo Bay at one point. Um, that's actually why the Guantanamo Bay detention facility was first created under who? B-b-b-b-b-b-b-B. President Bill Clinton. Right. Little fun fact for the day. This was the this was the job for INS. Now. Under the Biden regime, ICE, which is the new name, thanks to George W. Bush, they have a new name. And their name is their new job, their new mandate, is to give illegal immigrants federal ID and government benefits. And it's 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 so nice that we've decided to become a more wholesome and welcoming and and fuzzy wuzzy kind of country because in our, our fuzzy wuzziness, we're providing ID cards to undocumented migrants, they're otherwise known as illegal aliens, who are illegally residing in the United States so they can access government benefits while awaiting decisions regarding their immigration statuses. Federal officials are giving the plan to illegal aliens to help with things like healthcare, housing, transportation, incentivizing communication with law enforcement, immigration court proceedings, Uh, and check-ins with ICE offices. This is being done under the ICE Secure Docket Card Program. That's what it's called, the ICE Secure Docket Card Program. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't it sound fun? Biometric data, QR codes. You realize that none of them are actually going to participate in this, right? Not willingly. Because they know, right? They know that if you give them one of the cards, that there's probably going to be a way for them to be tracked in there. So just, just from, you know, in the first instance, your first glance at this thing, it's not going to work. It's ridiculous. It's idiotic because the people that they're hoping to, you know, get intent, incentivize into the program, entice into the program, they're not going to want this. They're going to say, yeah, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. I'll take one of the cards. And then they throw it off or they hand it off to somebody or they trade it for a fake ID or something. Just this is ridiculous. It's one of the dumbest things I've heard. But that's where the Biden administration is at. They're saying, oh, we don't mind that you're crossing our borders illegally. We don't mind that we're having hundreds of thousands of people come in on a regular basis. But if you could just if we could just give you a little hand stamp, you know, to kind of let you know, you know, if, if you plan to go out and come back in, like when you're at a concert or amusement park or something, you just want to get that little hand stamp there to make sure that you're good to go. That's where the Biden regime is at. They don't care about our country. It's really as simple as that. And that's all the time we have here. Human events daily. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Leave this a five star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and then share it out with one of your normal friends. One, just one. I said. And also, by the way, share the fact that we are on Rumble and that we're on Getter every single day live on Getter. What do we talk about today? Trudeau to introduce regulated fertilizer reductions in Canada. Senator Grassley alleging some in the FBI downplayed negative information about Hunter Biden. A disinformation board revived former Google disinformation expert given top White House cyber role. And finally, the Biden regime moving to give illegal immigrants federal ID and government benefits. I feel like I feel like today's show, this is like What's going on in stupid today? Because that's pretty much the one through line through all the stories. What's going on in stupid? What stupid things have happened today? I don't know. Complete ridiculous. By the way, catch me. I'm going to be also co-hosting or excuse me, guest hosting on the Charlie Kirk show today. He's got his new book out, The College Scam. Very excited. We are super excited about that. So I'm going to bounce, run over there. But before I do, before I do, it's time for today's history break on this day in 1775 the United States Continental Congress created the U.S. Post Office in Philadelphia under Benjamin Franklin. And so I just want to remind all of you that when you go into the post office, when you go in there, just rem- just think about all the hundreds of years of experience and tradition that they are building upon whenever you get your service, You know, I know, I know you might think, you might think that just because they're slow, inept, and incompetent, that the postal workers aren't doing a good job for you. But no, 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 no. Understand that's hundreds of years of excellence, of trust, and tradition that they are putting into every single piece of mailed package or letter. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay it short.